Buen día, señoritas y señores. Buen día, Christy Doran. Buen día, Sam Worthington. ¿Cómo estás? Sí, sí, sí. Super Agpe. Jaguares. Jaguares uh, defeated the Queensland Reds. That's the extent of my Spanish. Well, that was impressive, Swanee. Like, it's amazing what you'll, you'll discover and come across when you get to Buenos Aires for a day to call the, the rugby. It was a great trip, wasn't it? Um, Kaif <laughs> yeah. uh, and I did call that game. Um, I don't want to ruin the illusion for anyone, so we'll just move on from that. <laughs> but Queensland Reds, first half, amazing overwind Buenos Aires. Second half, terrible. It was a, uh, a bit of a, a, a bad second 40 for them. Um, guys, what did you like? What did you not like out of that game specifically? Out of that game, yeah, I don't want to steal uh, Christie's thunder, the people that he's been writing about. But, yeah, quite clearly I think the 10-12 combo um, for the Reds. Um, 13 even, considering Hunter was at 13. I, Hunter I, Paisami. Yeah. I like the 12 as well, though, Christy. But, yeah, the, uh, the, the midfield and, and the attack that they were able to generate over there in Buenos Aires, I guess when Brad Thorne started, it had a pretty stodgy... Um, yeah, sort of reputation and we're struggling to, to score points. But clearly um, what, what they're doing up there, the, they've loosened the, the shackles a little bit. Um, they obviously still lost the game, which is very disappointing, which, which we'll get to. But, yeah, the, uh, clearly just the attacking potency. I think the Reds used to be the least potent of the Aussie teams and now they're looking like one, one of the most uh, potent. So, yeah, good to see. What did you not like or like out of that one, Christy Doran? From a, a like perspective, I think the... Best thing to come out of the weekend was was the Reds' attack, clearly. But Hunter Pasami at 13 was was electric, straight running. Just the way that he changed his lines off James O'Connor in particular was great. But O'Connor at 10, we saw him pop up there a week ago against the Lions and was a bit quieter, but he really got to show what he's capable of in a 10 jersey. And, and Matt Tamur as well had a, a solid performance for the Rebels um, to, to lead them to victory in the wet against the Waratahs. So to have those two guys, the, we saw a bit of leadership and experience come to the fore with Tamua and O'Connor. What you didn't like was the Brumbies not being able to get the business done against the Highlanders because that would have been such a big victory, I think, against a New Zealand side early. And, and you break that foreign brought, uh, drought there now. It's what, zero and six that Australian teams have lost against uh, foreign teams. Yeah, not the best start for the Aussie teams against the, the foreign sides. Uh, what do we put that down to? Oh, just still not being good enough, unfortunately. Yeah, not not being quite at the standard as some of these um, foreign teams. So the, we just haven't seen um, progress, un- unfortunately. Is it um, skills though? Is it fitness? Is it is it um, skills because of a lack of fitness? Is it something something along those lines? Yeah, I mean, part of it's just general player quality, you'd have to say. But the the skills component of it is is huge for sure. Um, and maybe just a degree of uh, mental toughness that's still not quite there. They're, they're in all these games, aren't they? And, and just not being able to, I guess, handle the, the big pressure moments or, or recover from, you know, a tough try that goes against them and, and then put the next one on. So, I mean, the, to be fair, the Reds did do that for a while, didn't they? That was, was punch and counter punch. But, yeah, they, they got yeah tough uh, calls from the ref probably, which we'll get to later on. Um, but, yeah, we weren't, weren't quite able to stay. Uh, the full 80. It's interesting what you just I'll just pick up on something that you just said there that teams, you know, there are good things in each team but, you know, the results are the sum of all those parts not not quite getting there. Uh, I mean, you know, the red scrum, for example, that was one thing that I loved on the weekend. 
Um, you know, brilliant against the Hugwaras, uh, setting up a platform that set piece it's been try brilliant for three weeks now. That yeah. set piece try that they scored, Chris Fayai scored, Sortier scored off um, front football off a scrum. Kaif, uh, Rod Kafer spoke at length about the the benefits of getting that front football off the scrum. I mean, that was simply brilliant from the weekend. But then you're right, just little bits of experience. That's, you know, that is a part that needs to come into factor um, into a team's performance that just didn't quite work. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's the sum of all parts. And those good teams like the Chiefs, um, like the Hugwaras, you know, they, they've seemed to have that consistency across the board. Yeah, you wouldn't say it's the same problem affecting the, the teams across Australia, would you? It's all different bits and pieces. And I guess the, the hope, if you're going to go glass half full um, for Dave Rennie, is that there's enough positives with those four teams that you can build it into something decent with the Wallabies. But, yeah, clearly uh, you can't sugarcoat it too much. Another frustrating weekend, unfortunately, from an Aussie perspective. Oh, Yuck. You've Yuck. Just, you've, just, you've just had a nice, delicious chocolate peanut bar. Can you just talk the what, what we've actually got there? We might be, yeah. able to, might be able to put something up on Insta, an actual photo of it, but the scorched peanut bar from 1973, your childhood. Yeah, well, I mean, it does look like something. That what is, is that? Scorched peanut bar. <laughs> I just we'll tried it. To, it was good. We will have to put a photograph up of it, I think, because yeah. um, it's delicious. Yeah. Um, and it's straight out of the vending machine here. I feel like the vending machine is also a time machine. Yeah. Uh, here at Fox Sports. Quick, um, quick interlude. What is your favourite snack while watching rugby lads <laughs> while we're on the on the food? Biltong, 100%. Yeah, Bareback so. Biltong, shout out to Damon Murphy, the referee, and his brother Dallin, um, who prov- um, they, they've got their own Biltong company, uh, and it's delicious. That's worked as a nice little plug here. And, uh, you've, you've, <laughs> got, you've got friends that make nice gin as well, but that's, uh, we're probably getting a bit carried away now. We'll, we'll, we'll get back, Christy, quickly yours. I feel like it's been a long time since I've really been able to eat anything whilst I'm watching over you. That's maybe why I'm <laughs> as skinny as I am. But um, there's, there's the a thing called Uber Eats, mate. There's a thing called Half Time and Scrum. I don't stopping. really want to give away what I was doing on Friday evening. Hang on. It's a Valentine's Day rugby I, I might have had a picnic before the, the Waratahs game. I, uh, I, cheese, and, I, cheese and crackers? So I, I went some prawns are you and saying, some cheese and crackers, yeah. Are you saying your love for something else overrode your love for rugby on Friday night? Uh, well, for the first game, yeah, yeah, for the first game anyhow. Managed to get to um, the Lord Dudley uh, to, to watch the Waratahs Rebels and um, probably needed a beer or two to get through that game, really. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough watch. Okay. Well, let's just... Touch on that game briefly. You mentioned Matt Tamilla's performance. Um, you know, your 10's only as good as you, or can play only as well as your forward pack. Brilliant forward's performance from the Rebels oh, that night. It was it was really the last 15 minutes where where the Rebels' forwards, you know, rolled up their sleeves and, and they got the business done. Like you looked at Matt Phillip in, in particular. I thought he was great around the moor, the line out. And, and off the back of that, they, they marched down the other end of the field and then a couple of misreads from the Waratahs' left-hand edge... Um, with with players shooting out of the line, we've got Bill the first time and and uh, Marky Mark the, the second time, and Andrew Callaway, who we'll speak to in a little while. He he was the benefit uh, and scored two tries. So outstanding last ten minutes from the Rebels. The game management managed to get their way into a good strong field position, and and right throughout that core, Stephen Hoyles was going, "What are the Waratahs doing when they get to the Rebels line? They just were showing absolutely nothing. Pick and drive, pick and drive, but they've got the the leanest type five in the competition." 
Yeah, wet weather footy, it was a similar story in Canberra where um, the Highlanders just probably played it slightly smarter. They they kicked the uh, leather right off the ball. They were kicking all night long, but it did in the end prove effective. So, yeah, that, uh, we saw some positive signs at Tamua with his time at Leicester, maybe because um, it's been a huge issue for the Wallabies as well. Wet weather footy, no good, but Tamua probably showed the benefits of his time up there in England with, with some pretty clever game management and Ryan Larins, of, of course, as well. Um, yeah, it was great, came, came out of nowhere. I mean, we've, we've known about him for a while, but he's been off the, the grid, hasn't he, playing in Japan um, since his force days. But, yeah, he's clearly added... He's always been a good athlete, but it looks like he's added some some footy smarts to his package as well. What I liked about Ryan Lawrence's game as well was him and Tamua. You looked at in the first two games, Lamani and Tamua didn't look like they knew what, what they were doing. There was balls being thrown out the back and not quite getting in front of Tamua. But with Lawrence slotting in there, it, it ran pretty smoothly. But it was all about the field position, wasn't it? Like as soon as Haylett Petty or, or Tamua got it in their own field, they were just boom. Yeah, we might ask uh, Andrew Kellaway, who's joining us shortly, about Ryan Lowrens, and he's a very good-looking man too, Ryan Lowrens. He is just quietly. I won't. Bit of a dream, um, but yeah, no, that, that's fair comment from you, mate. That's uh, we, yeah, we'll have to do maybe a power rankings at some stage. Um, yeah. put, that, put that together and creep people out. Well, let's talk about the ugly <laughs> then, and that was look. Waratahs now zero and three uh, to start the season. They have a buy now. Maybe a nice little circuit breaker for Rob Penny and his team just to uh, restart their season in round five? Yeah, I think it has come at a good time. Um, like, you can always argue it either, either way there, but... It- Personally, I think like things had like Rob Simmons said it best. We're just in a, in a hole afterwards, um, and yeah, looked uh, pretty depressed there at, at the press conference. So I think yeah, that this is a, a good time to to reset. And I think one of the columnists this week said they they shouldn't really have a lot of time off though, should they? They need to actually spend a lot of this time on the the training paddock. And and, and firstly, I think Rob Penny had some interesting comments that he's going to now go back to the players and say, are you actually comfortable with this this new style that I've tried to implement, or, or do we need to make some tweaks so yeah look, you, I still think there's enough talent there that you're not giving up on the season um, by by any measures if you're a Tars fan I honestly think that there's enough there to, to turn things around and you look back to previous seasons I think the the year that they made the semi-finals they might have lost their first four or five of the Tars and that's it's the Brumbies didn't uh, didn't start well last year as well so yeah the, the, these things can change quickly but clearly they are in a hole as Simmons said. What, what helps the Waratahs is They've played two games against New Zealand opposition and you can imagine that there'll be a few Australian sides that will lose against them throughout the season. So they've only lost one game against their domestic rivals. So you can, you can catch that up. So it, they're not out of the equation at all. But look, you, some of those guys really, and it was Carmichael Hunt, I think, told Tommy Deason that the Herald was, these players need to look at themselves basically and go, you know, are we doing enough? Because some of the, the, the work from the forwards isn't good enough. I don't think there's enough... Like the the tight or the th- the front row, you're not getting any meters out of them. Jed Holloway really struggled on the weekend. Where he keeps just floating between the second row, number eight, six. Jack Dempsey would have probably said that he needs to get more out there. So there is a, a bit of talent in there, but and and the experience as well is that that story that you with the the Fox Sports Lab highlighted last week, and Dave Dave this was mentioned as well. They've got the most caps in the competition running out there in the weekend, so no no excuses there. The I guess a, a huge call is going to be whether they stick with Will Harrison at, at ten. Tim Horan in commentary said that he had leaned that way, and then you stick with him for the the season. Um, so yeah, that how, how would you, how would you ahead. guys do that? Would you keep Harrison for the time being or, or look for Mac Mason, Kirtley Beal, the Waratahs A-teams. 
Yeah, it was interesting. Playing on Friday. Interesting listening to the guys talk about it post game because, uh, like, there were differing opinions on that that subject. I, like, I don't know. Personally, I think it's pretty hard for a ten to play expansive rugby and to be uh, dominant when you're going backwards and forward pack. We saw Lola Seo uh, for the Brumbies in the first two weeks um, play really well on the back of a dominant forward pack performance. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know that dropping him is the right thing at, at this point, uh, but, but maybe it is a, a good time just to give him a couple of weeks to earn his way back into the team or something like that. It's, I don't know yeah. the answer to that question. Yeah, it's hard it's to a know. Tough, it's a tough one. Unless you're actually there in the team, you're not sure what his confidence levels are, you know, what, whether he does need just to, to step away a little bit. But, yeah, I think Tim Horan's comments were very sensible. We've got him on later as well. But Kirtley probably needs to step up a little bit more on that and get his hands on the, on the footy a bit more. And, and likewise, Jake Gordon can maybe lift a touch as well. But you're exactly right. I mean, if you, you swapped teams and put, put Harrison behind the Brumbies pack from the first couple of rounds, I think he would have looked pretty good as well. Before we go on, you've got to also understand the Waratahs have played two games and it's been very, very, well, wet, particularly in Melbourne. And this, the, the, the Aussie summer of rugby has been tough, hasn't it? We have bad luck with the uh, the weather. It's normally rock hard and, and throw it around. Yeah, so. gosh. I mean, it's just the whole country really yeah. at the moment, isn't it? It's Yeah, you, you really don't know what it's going to be like on any given time or the conditions. It's going to be really hot or... Really wet or really slippery and humid. Um, that's tough. Yeah, and Ballarat this week's going to be an interesting new, new venue as well. Yeah, we're doing a, having having a look on Google today about what it might might look like there. But uh, Mars Stadium. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool to cool to see the game going to these places. I'll be heading down there with Phil Kearns and Rod Kay for later in the week. Um, speaking of the Brumbies, we just mentioned his name before, Lola Seo. Um, I think Paul Cully me- mentioned in his article uh, that it was sort of growing pains from a few of the younger players in the competition for the Aussie teams. He probably had his toughest game. Um, on the weekend against the Highlanders? Yeah, it was pretty, um, I guess, compelling viewing really with Aaron Smith chirping away there and just seeing how this kid sort of stands up to him and kept saying the, the young, what was it, young young kid? Young, yeah, run young, the young man, kid, run it. Young man over and over again. And, um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if... Lolaseo completely dropped his bundle, but no, you could I see he was, he was. I thought he was still impressive. Yeah, at times you it, could see that he was feeling a bit of heat, though, for sure. And um, yeah. yeah, that that unfortunate charge down. But yeah, great learning experience uh, for him. I mean, it, that was the thing. I think the the Brumbies, you could argue, were the better team. It was just that one moment, really, that the the, the Highlanders don't win that game with, without it. So yeah, um, yeah. We, we probably saw without Uri Simone yeah. being there that you know he's been a good foil. He's Bigger ball carrier Definitely. can jump in at first receiver when he needs. I think we just miss him a little a bit. Doing bit of kicking as well and taking the pressure off. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, sure. so that wasn't really spoken about too much in the in the, obviously in the telecast. But he he'll be a, a big player to return because clearly he he and um, Darcy Swain were ruled out just well, a few hours before. Yeah, kick uh, off. Kick off. Right. So that would have been a big blow. And uh, the Brumbies have the Chiefs this weekend in the Waikato. So we'll talk, yeah, we'll preview all the games a little bit later. We spoke about the Reds in the Jaguares a little bit earlier. Um, let's get a man on the line who definitely knows what he's talking about when it comes to all things Queensland. Tim Horan. Well, Timmy, thanks for joining us, mate. You're pounding the pavement. 
in Sydney, I believe. How you? What are you up to this afternoon? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've moved down from uh, Brisbane into the big lights of Sydney. And, geez, I'll tell you what, you've got electricity down here. And it's fantastic. There's people walking around everywhere and there's cars. Right? We don't get that sort of stuff in Brisbane, you know. Oh, mate. Wait, you... wait till you go visit New Zealand, Tim. You'll be blown away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this isn't a permanent move, uh, is it, Tim, surely, for one of Queensland's finest? No chance, not so ever, no, no way. Um, but uh, no, just down for a few days in Sydney, so uh, enjoy it. And um, it's funny, you, you know, the way that rugby's going, um, even sort of yesterday and this morning, had people stop you in the street just talking about the game and I know how, you know, many supporters that are around, you know, New South Wales, the very big rugby supporter base, and obviously with the Waratahs, you know, zero and three at the moment, there's a few disappointed fans at the moment. Yeah, so what are they actually talking to you about there, Tim? I had actually had one young fellow um, come up to me and said, oh, i see my Waratahs jersey. You know, I'm going to give them a couple more weeks' chance. Otherwise, I'm going to sort of burn it. I said, well, don't do that. We, we, need, we need your support. So, uh, there's one thing about I reckon, you know, there's a lot of sports fans around the world. But I'll tell you what, rugby supporters, are, they're pretty passionate, aren't they? You're offering a counselling um, service out on the streets there by the, by the sounds of it, mate. Well, may, maybe we'll uh, yeah, sort of start off the footy chat with, with the one game I think that you didn't uh, cover over the weekend, your Reds. It was an exciting game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we, you know, I think we've got to stop using the excuse that, you know, these kids are young and give them time. This is their, you know, third, some of them their fourth year as this group together and, you know, um, I've always said, you know, Brad thought his first year as head coach, 2018, six wins, 2019, six wins this year. He's got to get at least seven, maybe eight wins to, one, have a chance of making the finals, but two, you know, realistically saying, OK, well, you know, as a head coach, I've, I've you know, been successful this year. And I think, you know, a lot of young kids there, like, when you look at the way James O'Connor played at fly half, that's, he was really impressive. That's sort of two weeks in a row now. Um, you know, Tate McDermott, we know what he's like. Um, I, I thought he might have been taken on the Rugby World Cup trip last year, but um, left him back in Australia. And, you know, gee, I'll tell you what, he's a, he's a talent. And, you know, if we want to play a attacking sort of game mindset, uh, I think, you know, those sort of players are the ones you're, you're looking for. Mate, for 40 minutes, they absolutely carved up over there in Buenos Aires. Uh, one guy who was particularly impressive at outside centre, Hunter Paisami. Uh, what do you know about him? I mean, he, he sort of he only came on last week for a little bit and then, uh, and then got the start this week and, and was a bit of a revelation. Yeah, I watched him um, last year at uh, Club Rugby in Brisbane. You know, it's a 20-year-old and playing for the West Club uh, in Brisbane and watched three or four of his games and just strong running. And, you know, he, the way that he plays, he's got a good vision as well. Um, and he sort of – there's not a lot of players, you know, that can actually run, you know, be, be good hole runners. Um, and that allows, you know, a fly half like James O'Connor or a Tate McDermott. And when you have hole runners, you can actually just put the ball in front and then, you know, run onto it. So it's a yeah, good player. Um, you know, a bit to go yet. He's still only young, but I think the way that, you know, the Queensland Reds can play now is, you know, with Samu Karevi not there, it's going to force, you know, the Queensland Reds to play a bit more of an expansive game plan. Yeah, Tim, with Karevi leaving, clearly he was playing at 12 for the bulk of 2019, 2018. He kind of drifted between 12 and 13. Do you see Hunter at all being able to to go closer to the action at 12, perhaps, particularly if Jordan Bataille comes back at 13? Yeah, I think so. There's, you know, there's, I think the, the luxury that Brad Thorne's got, he's brought these players through. And that's why you know, a lot of people talk about you know, the NRC and you know, we, we should get rid of the NRC. I, I was a 
a very big fan of the NRC and still am because that all these kids probably I reckon there's probably 50 or 60 percent of the kids that are playing now in all the Super Rugby teams in Australia have, have benefited from the competition in NRC um, and you know I always thought that you know um, these sort of players get that experience and um, I think that you know playing at 12 yeah he's got some time he's only young so you know going on tour being part of a his first professional outfit is going to do good things for him. Tim, um, what is the feeling around Brad Thorne and, and the Reds in general in Brisbane? Clearly, the, uh, back to host the Sunwolves um, this this weekend. Is there still a degree of patience there and an understanding that he has, you know, gone for local young players, or is that patience starting to wear a bit thin now? Oh, rugby fans aren't patient at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think, you know, anyone, you know, a bit like the Waratahs fans, they, you, know, you want results now. Um, like I said at the start of the year, I thought the, the Waratahs, it's a rebuilding year for them, bringing these, you know, under-20s players through. But um, fans aren't patient. They want results now. But um, I think I think for the Reds, they've got to be able to pull the trigger this year. I mean, we, you can't hide behind the fact that, you know, players are young, um, you know, building the team. I think this year you've got to, as I said before, you've got to win at least eight games. Um, otherwise, you know, Brad Thorne, who has done wonders for the side with a culture. I think I think what um, Brad Thorne brings is that hard edge, hard culture. But I think what Jim Mackay brings is the assistant coach and the attack coach. We saw a couple of plays, you know, against the Haguaras on the weekend that set-piece plays as the best way to attack um, when you've got, you know, one-on-one opportunities. And so that's that's something that the Reds hopefully, you know, as I said, with no Samu Krivi this year, have an opportunity to move the ball a bit wider. They did that pretty well against the Haguaras, especially for that first 20 minutes. Their offloads were sticking. Um, you know, the, the set piece, the scrum was going really well. They scored a couple of those expansive sort of tries, Tim. And then the Rolling Mall started getting some purchase for the Haguaras. Um, there's been a bit of chat about the Rolling Mall and, and its place in the game. As a guy who was a big proponent of the Rolling Mall in his heyday, what, was your th- <laughs> what were your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? general part of the game well i think it's a you know it's a it's a tool where you know if it's one of your strengths in the game you know it, it's, it's got to be a pillar that you can score a try with if it's wet conditions you know you've got to be able to use it um, um and i don't mind i mean the brumbies i thought were pretty good last year 2019 when they used the rolling more but then they could also score tries out wide off set piece so um yeah it's it's certainly a a tool you can use within the game, but uh, I'm not a fan for three or four tries and rolling balls every match, but if it works for you, well and good. And you've got to look at, you know, we're all praising the Queensland Reds, but see, they got they got dusted towards the end of the game. So, you know, you've really got to be, I'm sure the Reds are quite hard on themselves and say, okay, we're proud of the first 14 minutes and how we went, but gee, we still lost the game heavily. We're still 0-3 mm. um, going, in, going into round four. I think sometimes I feel that, um, the first one or two rounds of Super Rugby, it's always, you know, Australian franchises playing each other. And, and sometimes I think we get a bit of fool's gold. We, we, you know, until we play a New Zealand franchise or until we go away overseas, that's when the real test comes in. And, um, you know, we can get a bit excited in those first couple of weeks saying, you know, how good are we, how good are we, until the Brumbies come up against the Highlanders and all of a sudden the Highlanders play for 85 minutes and, and win the game. And, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of talent in Australian rugby, um, and we knew that post-Rugby World Cup that there was going to be a lot of players that leave. It's going to be a time to bring these younger players through and give other players an opportunity. Um, so, you know, somehow, yes, we'd like to be patient, but I think that um, you know, fans aren't that patient anymore.
How, how do you view the Aussie conference race in general at this stage? Tim, early days, but the Brumbies um, had their first slip up and the Rebels their first win. Like, is it still Brumbies in daylight, do you think, or, or is it well and truly up for grabs? Oh, I think it's up for grabs. It's only early, only coming into round four this weekend. Um, the Reds, uh, you know, three matches away is a pretty tough order. Um, they managed to pick up two points. I would have loved probably another four. But Brumbies have got the best start. Brumbies, you know, three games at home, one away to the Chiefs, which is going to be difficult this weekend to buy, and then the Sunwolves. So they would have targeted probably, you know, four of those matches to win uh, in the first six weeks with a buy. So they're still the front runners. Um, I think the Rebels, Rebels get a couple more home games to see how they go. But I think it's probably the Brumbies out in front. The Reds will probably start to, you know, catch up in the next couple of weeks uh, with the talent they've got and some home games. And Tim, just looking at, at the Waratahs, there's uh, obviously there's talk about you know positional changes. Does Kirtley Bill come close to the line to the action? What do they do about Will Harrison? Um, how do you see the Waratahs backline shaping up going forward? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, Will Harrison. I haven't seen a lot of him. Obviously, saw a little bit of the twenties last year, and um, but Super Rugby is totally different than playing under twenties and. And sometimes you just got to give these guys a lot, a lot uh, more time. And and you know, there's a, there's a lot more problems than you know the you know, number ten for the Waratahs. And I'm not saying that Will Harrison. I think he's been solid. I, I quite like him how he's playing. And the Waratahs probably need to give him more support. And if I'm Rob, Rob Penny, I'm going well. Okay, I've got to make a call now. If Will Harrison's going to be my number ten for the rest of the season. Let's get players around him. Let's support him, but allow Kirtley Beal to stay at 15. But say to Kirtley, when there's phase play on, don't stay second last attacker out on the edge of the back line. Get up at first receiver, push Will out or push him in, and get yourself in the, into the game and actually try and ignite the back line of this uh, Waratahs team. All right, Timmy. Well, you're you're doing the Reds and Sunwolves this weekend, I believe. Just before we let you go, um, look, I know that you've been trying to flog off your Piero filly to everyone uh, <laughs> as a part owner, and uh, we're actually thinking here at the Fox Rugby Podcast that we might actually just auction off one um, percent or something if you want to donate it to the best tweet or something like that that comes in. So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, my little Piero filly, which has got about twelve months till it runs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I think it's probably going to be – it's up near the Hunter Valley there, so um be eating itself away and uh, be vet fees coming galore every month. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I haven't had a, uh, a racehorse for a long time. I was actually – I was convinced I was going to try and get a greyhound, but <laughs> <laughs> somehow I've been convinced to get a share in this Piero filly, which – um, I went to the Magic Million sales. Um, Mike Tinder was up there, um, obviously, and Zara Phillips know Mike pretty well and played against him. He was the only player that actually knocked me out playing against him, Mike Tindall. So I had a good chat and, uh, at the Magic Million sales. Not for me to buy any horses, um, Swaney. It was just to sort of look at it and, and see what it was all about and... And, uh, and you got roped in, mate. The, the, the fever <laughs> got you. It did, did. I was very excited. Like, <laughs> it was like, a, like your wife at a late-night auction, you know. Oh, mate. <laughs> well, uh, Tim, Swaney, Swaney lives in Mossman, I believe, um, so surely he's got the coin to dip into his Ah, oh, Here we go. Under the bus. <laughs> hey, rugby and horse racing go hand in hand, Timmy. We know that. We love it. Yeah. No, looking forward to it, boys. I'm always good to chat. And, um, yeah, I think, in summary, um, the sides are going okay, but a lot of work to do. And let's hope that, um, you know, a lot of people, club rugby will start up in uh, a few weeks' time and um, everyone uh, are looking okay. Thanks so much for joining us, Timmy. We'll speak to you soon. 
Good on you, boys. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Well, always good to chat to Tim Horan there, former Wallaby legend. Uh, he did make a good point there, guys, around um, Aussie teams not having really played too much uh, foreign opposition yet. One team that does have foreign opposition this weekend and they're foreign opposition that are in pretty red-hot form to Melbourne Rebels take on the Sharks. Um, to chat to us about the match this weekend, well, it's a very good afternoon to Andrew Kellaway. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Andrew, first win of the season against the Waratahs uh, last week. You scored a double, mate. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it was it was, uh, it was nice to get the win first. I mean, it was obviously a tough, tough start of the season for us. And um, I'll never say no to a couple of tries. A couple of tries against your, your former team. Does that make it even sweeter? No. I mean, two tries pretty good. <laughs> you know, good feeling, no matter who you're playing against. So, um, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I guess it was it was great to do it. It's, it was disappointing for for some of those guys who I'm still really really good friends with. It was, um, I mean, it's not so nice seeing them um, so disappointed, which they were. They were gutted after the game, um, uh, and I mean, we know that feeling well. After the first two games, we were absolutely devastated. So, I mean, it was no good seeing them that way. But I mean, on the flip side, um, it was a great great feeling for us and. Um, it was probably our most complete performance of the season, which was great considering the conditions. Yeah, just just going through that, I think um, Dave this was afterwards said you, you know you started the week with a different game plan, then you ended up obviously having to execute, and then you personally on on the field earlier than um, anticipated with with Reese's unfortunate injury. So yeah, how, how was I guess your headspace um, being being thrust on there, and what was the what was the I guess aim um, while out there? Yeah, I mean, it was disappointing to see Hodgie go off. I think um, you know, he's such a big, big part of our team um, as a leader, but also as as a player. I mean, his his sort of skill sets um, pretty clear. Um, so losing him was a big blow for us. But um, I mean, anyone that sits on the bench knows um, you're sort of pretty pretty keen to get in the field. So getting on um, that early was, um, I mean, it was it was great for me, um, and I really enjoyed being out there. Andrew, can you just bring us back a little bit? Like it's been a uh, for you a bit of a journey these last few years from being a, an under twenties Australian star scoring tries left, right, and centre to being at the Tars to kind of being let well falling out of favour there somewhat, playing a lot at Randwick, going overseas, and now coming back to the Rebels. Can you just talk us through how that that's been and that journey how it's unfolded? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, like you said, I was at the Tars for a, for a little while there as, as a young guy. Um, probably didn't I didn't play much in the first two years. I mean, I was obviously behind behind Izzy, which is, um, I mean, it's not a it's a great place to to watch, but it's not a great place to to sit there as a player because you're, you're sort of never going to get much game time there. But um, yeah, I mean, I sort of started to get a lot more game time towards the end of my time there, and then I was, um, I guess you could say, unlucky. I broke my throat and then I broke my foot, so I missed the better part of two seasons there whilst I was, um, you know, I was starting both times I had those injuries. So, um, I mean, that was frustrating for me. And I think when the time came and, and Northampton popped up with with an offer, I think um, it just fitted where I was at mentally and um, how I was feeling about my, my game and, and the game in Australia. And I think, uh, I mean, going overseas is the best thing. I mean, uh, it's the best thing I've done. It's the best thing I could have done. Um, and the the growth I think I've had as a person, more importantly than as a rugby player, um, was huge. Like yeah, you genuinely are thrust in the deep end when you when you move that far from home um, by yourself. 
uh, and and like I said, I learned so much and I met some really great people. I mean, coming home from England was not an easy decision, you know. Like I, uh, I mean, um, you know, if I'd made the decision on another day, I might have stayed and um, that sort of stuff. But I'm I'm pretty pretty glad I came home to Melbourne. Like it's uh, it's been a really really um, seamless transition. Um, I mean, the staff and the players have been fantastic in um, settling us in and, and getting us up to speed with everything. Yeah, how's the lifestyle in Melbourne for you, mate? Are you living with any of the teammates? or And, I mean, another guy who's come home from overseas, Matty Tamua as well. You, you're sort of not alone in coming home back to, a, a you know, a unfamiliar territory. Uh, what's it been like, um, you know, getting back into um, Melbourne? And it's been awesome, actually. I mean, Melbourne's a really, really cool city um, to live in. There's, there's plenty to do, uh, plenty to see as well, so that's, uh, that's good. But... Um, now I'm living with with Deegs, with Andrew Deegan and and Aussie coming all. So we live uh, just down the road from training, which is uh, is really good. So Couple of Randwick boys done good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a Randwick boy and a West Harbour boy. So it's, it's, uh, Aussie's outnumbered um, the pirate. But uh, no, I lived with I lived with Deegs back in Sydney for two years, and then uh, I've known Aussie for a long time as well. So that's uh, that's been a really big part of of helping the the transition and settling in well. Uh, I mean, they're two fantastic guys, and uh, they're really good to live with. So uh, it's been good fun. And your time away at Northampton and then, um, yeah, more briefly, Counties Manukau as, as well. Um, like the, the, I guess there's a big, um, not an obsession, but people in Australia are always sort of focusing on what rugby environments are doing in New Zealand and England, what's different, what, what they can learn from them. Like, was there that much different? What what sort of things did you, did you pick up or maybe enjoy or, 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 or maybe you didn't realise that uh, you appreciated here in Australia compared to those places? Oh, well, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is the, the weather and the lifestyle. That's, uh, it's pretty unparalleled anywhere in the world, um, as far as I'm concerned. But, um, no, I think, I mean, you said it, there's, there's so much going on in those environments. There's so much different stuff, different cultures, different everything, you know, even as far as um, things like budgets and stuff like that. So um, to be able to go and experience um, all of that uh, in its entirety was, was pretty, uh, I mean, it was eye-opening in one sense. Um but I suppose that the biggest part of it is you, you learn by comparison, right? So um, things that were frustrating me at home, well, I found frustrating at home and then I went to a new environment and they were still frustrating and then you sort of sit there and you think, well, if these things are still happening here, it's maybe maybe the problem's on my end rather than that end and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, yeah, like I said, so much learning um, was taken out of, out of those experiences both for me. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for them. Andrew, what did, what did you find frustrating from those experiences? That that yeah, from both here and and away. I mean, lots, lots of little like rugby things, you know, like lots of sort of stuff. You know, you're having a bad day and something's frustrating, or um, you don't like the way something's run. Um, but if it's run the same in two places and it's run successfully, well, then the problem isn't how it's run. The problem is is me, right? So that was. Um, that was that was just learning, you know. When you're immature, when you're young, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I had, in retrospect, geez, I had some learning to do. So I'm, I'm really glad I went and did that. They say change is as good as a holiday. Hey, speaking of <laughs> new environments, you guys are headed off to to um, Eureka Stockade Country to Gold Panning Country this weekend in yeah. Ballarat against the Sharks. Uh, country Victoria for a game of rugby. Never thought I'd see the day. Uh, that'll make two of us funny. <laughs> I actually don't know if I've ever been to Ballarat before, but... Uh, the Mars Bar Factory's there, apparently. I've been there. Oh, right. 
You've had enough chocolate Mars today, Sonny. Apparently, that's what, that's what I'm told. I'm told the Mars bar factory is there. So. Jeez, don't, tell, don't tell Cammy or he'll be in there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you don't realise, uh, Andrew, is that Swaney's already had a chocolate bar when <laughs> so far during this pod. So it's it's a scorched peanut bar. There you go. I haven't had one of those for no, a few you've, years. You've earned it, Swaney. You've earned it. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're on my side. Hey, so you got the Sharks this weekend down there uh, or up there. Rather, uh, they've been in pretty good form as well. What have you seen of, of the Sharks so far this season? Yeah, I mean, we, we saw a bit of them today. And, um, I mean, I watched their, most of their game against the Highlanders. And uh, I think, you know, they've been pretty classy this year. So they're, um, they're going to present us with a, with a different test altogether this week. And I think probably the conditions as well will be a bit chalk and cheese to, to Friday night. So, um, you know, we're really excited to, to go up against them. They're, uh, like you said, they've been the benchmark almost so far. Uh, is the feeling a little bit broader now that you've you've got the monkey off the back? Um, yeah, I mean, wins help definitely. I think nothing's. I mean, Dave was pretty pretty adamant today. Nothing nothing changes for us, you know. Like a win's a win, but that's all it is. And we uh, enjoyed it um, after the game, and and today we're back to business and, and cracking on, um, which was which was great. I think it was a great reality check for us. And can you maybe just uh, tell us a bit more about Ryan Larens there at, at halfback, who was obviously very impressive. Um, we'd, we'd seen him at the force and then he um, drifted away to, to Japan. But, yeah, he looks like he's really rounded out his game nicely. Yeah, I mean, I actually hadn't seen much of, of Ryan uh, before, before we came back here. But um, he, I mean, it was obviously firstly disappointing for Frankie to, to be withdrawn the way he was. Um, you know, there was whatever happened there. You know, it was, it was above my pay grade, but it was I was disappointing, and um, he handled that like an absolute champion. But uh, yeah, like you said, Ryan had a uh, he had a fantastic game, and I think um, between him and, and Matty Tamua, they were the difference for us. And I think um, he brings a sort of a different different element to Frank. He's, he's um, you know, Ryan's almost like another forward, the size of him. He's, he's so big and strong and, and confrontational. Um, Pretty good looking, Swaney reckons as well. Would you Would you agree with that? We We covered that earlier. Dreamboat. Yeah, he's a good looking rooster. He... Mate. He's a good looking rooster. Yeah. <laughs> he He'd do well down in Melbourne, team. wouldn't he? But, oh yeah. But <laughs> between him and Hodgie, uh, like what What's the talk around the pretty boys in the camp? Oh mate, Hodgie's not a pretty boy. Hodgie's just got a... <laughs> what if you put What if you put Larence's head on Hodge's rig though? Yeah, he'd be unstoppable. <laughs> oh, geez, the 10 out of 10 from the shoulder to the hip. <laughs> oh, dear. He, we've got Andy's got, Andy's a, uh, Ryan's a full package. He's, uh, he's top of hair to bottom of foot. We've stitched, he's, uh, he's pretty sharp. We've stitched that race two weeks in a row here. He's never coming on the podcast. <laughs> we just won't ask yeah. him, will we? He likes it. Hodgie likes it. Yeah, good stuff. And the Sharks have got some serious uh, speed out wide, don't they? You, you, which you obviously would have seen going going through the the tape. Uh, you're confident you you can match it with those boys. Looking looking forward to that challenge. Yeah, mate. They've got some um, some genuine firepower out there. I mean, the, their fullback's been I'd almost say the best in the comp so far. I mean, as far as I'm concerned. So that's going to be a great challenge. I think Dane Dane's been fantastic as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that battle. But um, yeah, I mean, it's always exciting. That's you know, part of the reason uh, I came home was to, to test myself against, um, you know, exactly this, exactly this situation. So, um, you know, I'm pumped. Oh, mate, we wish you all the best. I'll see you down there at the Mars Bar Factory in, um, <laughs> in Ballarat on the weekend, and I hope you go well. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. Looking forward to it. Cheers, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. 
Yeah, always great to chat to Andrew Kellaway. Um, and he just seems like he's in a good spot at the moment, doesn't he? He's, he's in try-scoring form for one, but also uh, just seems like he's, you know, come back from overseas with a lot more maturity. Yeah, like a lot of people do on the, on the OE. They, uh, yeah, have, have some interesting life experiences. And, yeah, he, like, he seems fairly hard on himself, I guess, really, that he, you know, might have had some sort of immaturity issues. I heard him in another interview earlier this year that he'd learned a lot, lot off Marika Corabetti, just how he, the senior Wallaby, how he goes about it, just sort of rips in and doesn't, I guess, uh, talk too much, just, just goes about his work. So, yeah, really interesting chat. Yeah, we all heard stories about Andrew Callaway, how successful, how, how promising a player he was through the, the, the 20 system. The guy that just scored so many tries and, and probably didn't quite reach his potential at the task. So let's hope that um, he has a, a long and successful career back in Australia. Yeah? Well, he could have a chance this weekend against the Sharks, Rebels v Sharks in Ballarat. Boys, tips, what's going to happen in that one? Jeez, yeah, my, my my tips have gone off the rails a bit, but yeah, I think uh, the home home advantage you'd have to go the Rebels now with a little bit of confidence, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, two teams that will definitely have a crack if the conditions hopefully are good. A couple of games on the road now for the Sharks, so this will be their third long trip. Might help the Rebels a little bit now that they're home off the back of a win. But I like to look at that Sharks fullback Farsi. He mm. has got some real electric capability about him. Wow. I reckon we're going to be panning for gold in Ballarat. <laughs> Prospecting country, it'll be good. Uh, the next game on a big Super Saturday, Chiefs v Brumbies. What's happening in that one, fellas? Hard to go past the Chiefs, isn't it? I guess the, they're on such a high. They've been performing near their best each week, so there, there will be a dip at some point. But, yeah, they've Warren Gatlin, the master strategist, seems to be nailing it so far because he's left some of his big guns um, back in New Zealand um, ready to load up if, if need be. So, yeah, look, uh, another cracking game to look forward to, but hard to go past the Chiefs. Particularly given that well, they've yeah you're right they left what Sam Kane Aaron Cruden back but they've got a buy Leonard Brown as well yeah. Leonard Brown so they play this game then they have a buy so Warren Gatlin would know if you put in a big shift here it means that you can enjoy yourself for a couple more days and and had a great successful first month I think the Chiefs yeah Damian McKenzie is lighting things up as well isn't he at the moment Reds v the Moon Dogs ah woo Sun Wolves um, going to be howling up there at Suncorp or will the Reds get off their duck. Bring back Goromaru. Get him out for this this fixture. For, to, he can he can bring, oh, oh there's a blast from the past. He can bring out the match ball or or something. Um, but yeah, uh, this is must win, isn't it? Really for the Reds, clearly. Um, but it's not going to be easy because uh, obviously that travel factor. They're going to be mentally a bit bit down. That's that's tough to play so much good rugby, but but not even pick up a point. That is, that is pretty tough. So they're going to be hoping, I guess, uh, the home crowd can can give them a bit of uh, energy to to get over the line for this one. Oh, you just hope. The Reds can do it. I think they will, but wow, it won't be an easy one given the time travel. You see the luxury of what the Chiefs have done. Time travel. The time <laughs> given travel. the time travel. Yeah, right. The old DeLorean's out. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, they uh, they, they need a, they need to win that one because uh, you can't go zero and four. We just hey, heard Tim. I'm and being serious as well, mate. There's no need for that. Yeah, extra uh, no season. need to chip us there. <laughs> hey, just quickly, um, it was great to see um, Super W kick off on the weekend as well. Um, the Waratahs got the win over the Melbourne Rebels, who were much improved. I've got to say, I, having watched a lot of the Super W over the last couple of years, 
the standard um, of the Melbourne side in particular, much more impressive on the weekend. Yeah, the gap's clearly closing, isn't it, mm. uh, year upon year. Um, what about your Queensland side, though? They got dusted by Fiji. Any alarm bells there? They had uh, the, the Super W by. Are they, how are they going to go this season, do you well, think? That was, they're playing against international opposition. Sure. I think they'll go all right, okay. Queensland. Just asking. Yeah, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, the, the Rebels and the Brumbies um, in the double header as well uh, in that Super W clash in Ballarat as well. So a double header for the, the great people in prospecting country. Get around it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, what a great uh, uh, podcast this has been, fellas. One of the best. Give yourself yeah. a wrap. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously going to give myself a wrap. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go pan for some gold in Ballarat. I'll see you later. Good luck.